Welcome to the Do You Have Space podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Arielle. And I'm Brian. Thanks for being with us here today. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about play and rest and how important they are to the inner healing journey. I think when we talk a lot about rest or even play, uh, culturally, we think about self-care. And sometimes that you know, looks like luxurious bubble baths and, I don't know, all of these sort of picture-perfect ways to, to recharge. But today, we're really going to talk about um, just how crucial and really essential, again, to this inner healing journey, rest and play truly are. So we're going to get into why that is the case, share a little bit of our own experiences with rest and play, and uh, talk about how to really listen to our intuition, to our bodies, to our minds, to know uh, when those signs are showing that we need a little bit more rest and play. So we're going to dive into all that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get us started, I'll yeah, pass it over to you, Brian. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a great topic. I feel like, honestly, it's something that even I often sort of maybe neglect a little bit. Um, I think that perhaps as a guy, but really I think in the culture that we live in here in the U.S., there's, there's really a strong emphasis on success right and and constantly working and productivity and, yeah, yeah there's, there's all, all these all these things that sort of lend themselves to us continually going and trying to do more yeah and it's been interesting for me just honestly even in my adult life trying to find the balance of like what what is there a proper pace is that different for everybody I yeah i think that it is um because there's really no limit to how fast or how far we can go. And so mm. I think it's really easy to get caught up in that to the detriment of our own health, quite literally. Um, and so I think yeah. this also applies to doing this inner work when yeah. we're starting to dig into what's going on inside of us and untangle those knots and all that, all that good stuff. Um, it kind of can take on, I think, a similar modality where we we keep seeing more and more work that needs to be done. Yeah. And we also are really feeling the effects of that. The more you become aware of it, the more you're like, oh my goodness, I need to do something about this. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> I think it's really crucial that we we bear in mind that even that can, can become sort of subject to this mm. uh, unending pursuit of... of growth or success so to speak wow yeah which in a way is true right like for the entirety of our lives there's always going to be work to do but i think and and obviously that can really be condensed into a a big when you kind of start to become aware of what's going on whenever it's sort of clicked for you yeah um and when you kind of see oh i've I do all these things and, and you kind of break through layer by layer and you start to see more and more, right? Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of can feel a little overwhelming. Um, but I think, I think it's just so vital to remember that part of doing that work literally is this practice of rest mm. and play, as we're saying. I mean, think of our physical bodies, right? Like we have to sleep and that's, that there's a version of rest so that we can, repair whatever has been going on right um and so i think there's probably a similar paradigm or or uh, parallel with with doing this inner work yeah um and so obviously we can we can speak more to that in terms of even like the neuroscience behind what is happening in the brain when when we do rest or when we do play and how yeah. that kind of affects what's going on up there um yeah, from my standpoint, that's kind of, I think, a little bit of, of why I feel it's important to me personally, but also just collectively. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you really summed that up really well to observe the way that a lot of our cultural influence to be productive, to be successful, to grow as, as fast and as hard as you can, uh, the way that that narrative infiltrates our or can infiltrate or be a lens through which we view our own inner work. 
mm-hmm. because you're totally right. You, when you get into the inner work, you start to realize like, oh, okay, I kind of, I see this area in my life that needs some love, that needs some attention, that needs some healing. And you start working on that. But the more you open yourself up to healing, the more you see around you. And by around you, I really mean within you and around you, but within you that needs attention. You're like, oh, whoa, I I feel this way a lot. Um, I feel like I have to um, be really gentle, which I think is also uh, really a piece of rest and play here is gentleness toward ourselves. Mm -hmm. But to be gentle with ourselves in this process because there is so much that once you start to become awake to the way that your inner world is operating, you just suddenly see, oh shoot, (laughs) there's a lot here that could use my attention. Um, And so I love the parallel that you're drawing there between our sort of um, Western capitalism driven society that is very much so like obsessed with growing as fast as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be really thoughtful of that because I think most most of us would probably agree that might not be, um, like you said, sort of the healthiest way to treat ourselves um, and, and to really acknowledge that if we're playing the long game here, like inner work is not a quick fix. It's not like, oh, here's this one problem that I ran into because my partner pointed it out to me and now I have to fix it so that we stay together or like whatever the thing is. It's like, oh, this is a long game. This is like a lifelong process of healing and growing. And especially if you're choosing not just to to shift out of survival mode, you know, to heal, but if you're like, wait, I want to thrive. I want to flourish. I want the version of myself, the version of my life that is, that is the highest that I can, I can get to, uh, not to achieve, but just because you're like that, that feels right. That feels aligned. That's where Mm -hmm. I want to move. Um, that, that is the long, we're playing the long game. And that if we're going to be playing the long game, if it's going to be a lifelong inner work journey, then we yeah, really have to incorporate mm-hmm. rest and play um, to make sure that we don't get burned out and, and get tired of it and, yeah. and just want to want to quit it all together. So, yeah, um, I love that. There's something else there that I kind of want to point out, but we'll come we'll come back to it later. I kind of want to talk a little bit about why play and rest are so important, because it's one thing to say, like, oh, it's important, but like. I kind of want to nerd out just a little bit and yeah. get into the get into the details. Um, especially, I think I think we all understand at a core level why rest is so important. I think we have a really good um, example of that, which you gave. Our bodies need <laughs> to sleep every day, ideally. Ideally, <laughs> I say that like I sleep every day. Like I need, I'm one of those people that's like I could get by on six or seven hours, but if we're talking like thriving, yeah, give me eight or nine. Yeah. That sounds great. So I think we have a really good model for rest. We're like, oh, that makes sense. Our bodies clearly need it to survive, to function. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the notion, I think, of rest within all of this inner work makes a little bit of sense just naturally. We're like, okay, I guess if our bodies need it, our emotional bodies, our minds, our intuition probably needs it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm going to spend a little bit more time talking about the importance of play because um, – I don't think that we have the same framework for understanding why play is so important. Yeah. And I love play. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I listened to a podcast, which I'll share in a minute which one it was, but I listened to a podcast recently that talked about um, the uh, the importance of play for brain health. And I, my inner five-year-old was like, we knew it. We knew it was important. Like my inner five-year-old was so happy that science was proving what I like intuitively already felt. Um, so I, I really um, was excited about that. But so, so let's talk about some of the reasons that play is so important. Um, one thing that I was really surprised about is the impact of play on our, on our brain function. Um, I, uh, I know that play is in a, in a way a form of rest, right? When we're mm-hmm. playing, which we'll talk about what play means in different types of play soon. But when we play our brains, the part of our brain that's thinking, that's shuffling through our to-do list, that's, you know, like, oh, I need to work on this or I need to do that, or all of the thoughts um, kind of fade into the background. 
because the primal or the primal, um, sure that too, actually, but the, the primary mode of our brains when we play is focus on what's right in front of us yeah. in a way that is a sort of forcing function where we can't really be thinking. Because if, for example, like Brian and I love to go ride our, our little cruiser skateboards out on the path near where we live. And when you're doing that and you're kind of weaving in and out or, um, you know, trying to, I don't know, pick up some speed or going downhill or whatever, yeah. your your brain has to be focused on that so that you don't fall off your board and get hurt. And that that is has serves a, a beautiful forcing function where my brain is not really able to think too much because it's p- devoting most of its energy to my playful survival. <laughs> yeah. Um so I, I think that part makes a lot of sense and, and in a way, again, is a kind of rest for our minds. But the thing that I think is so cool about play and, and its importance for our brain function is um, the impact that it has on our neuroplasticity. Yeah. So more on this, um, I'll share the podcast that I listened to that um, we'll link in the show notes that if you're interested to learn more about play and um, you know how it impacts the brain and some more on neuroscience i would highly recommend on the huberman lab um, episode 58 using play to rewire and improve your brain i saw that title and i was like immediately have to listen to that immediately um but in it um he talks about um how play he gets really into the weeds if you're interested in neuroscience give that a listen but he gets really into the weeds with how um, play interacts with our brains, how it um, increases our neuroplasticity and sparks creativity. Um, and I think most excitingly, the thing that I really didn't know about the impact on the brain was that play can actually help us develop our prefrontal cortex. It literally helps increase the size of our prefrontal cortex, which um, some of you may already know this, but the prefrontal cortex um, is essential to uh, to rational thinking, to articulating speaking, our thoughts, yeah. to speaking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely crucial. And even I think uh, more specifically, um, when we are triggered or when we enter a fight or flight state, mm-hmm. the prefrontal cortex goes offline. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been in a fight that's like really triggered you, or if you've ever been in some situation where you feel like you're shutting down, you can't think properly, mm-hmm. um, that's your prefrontal cortex going offline mm-hmm. to prioritize other other areas of the brain that help you deal with possible immediate danger. Right. So it's less about thinking and more about primal survival. Mm-hmm. But if if through play we can increase the size of our prefrontal cortex. That's going to help us articulate ourselves better. It's going to help us think clearer. It's going to help us make more connections um, and, and all that good stuff. So it's in a way when I heard, when I learned that, that it literally helps you develop your prefrontal cortex. I was like, it just clicked for me that play is so essential to the inner healing journey mm-hmm. because when we have experienced trauma, that can interrupt some of those processes that can shut parts of our brain down. So how do we, how do we lovingly, you know, sort of create experiences in our lives that serve as sort of antidotes to that, to the way that trauma has impacted our brains. Mm -hmm. Um, And and my, and again, my inner five-year-old was like, we knew it. It's play. <laughs> so I just love that. It's playtime, um, baby. It's playtime, baby. It's great to play, am I right? <laughs> Sometimes we quote Toy Story 3. I think it was 4. Wow. Anyway, we like, like Pixar. Pixar sequels. We like Pixar. Numbering is off. Anyways. But now I'm like, was it the Legos movie? No, it was totally Toy Story. It was Story. Toy Story, right? Okay. One of the... We'll have to watch it again. This is an important side note. If anybody knows, please reach out to us immediately. I'm joking. Um, anyway, uh, okay, the last thing I want to say about play and the impact um, on, that it has and why it's so important, um, there's a lot more I could say there, but uh, I'll just kind of end with saying it really does help us create a deeper connection to our intuition. Mm. Again, when we're playing, a lot of our thoughts and a lot of the um, the things that go on in our default mode network, just the running thoughts, the rumination, mm. the to-do list, all of that can pause, which allows our brain to be in a state where we can free associate, where we can think more creatively. And that really helps us cultivate a deeper connection to our intuition, um, which if you've heard me talk at all, you know, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with talking about deepening that connection. It's so important to this journey. Um, 
And that leads me into a question that I think is important to address for all of us in this process. And I'm curious to hear, Brian, your thoughts on this. Um, what signs does your body, mind, or again, intuition give you when you need rest or play? Like, how do we know through this inner work journey, through all of this that we're processing, like when we need that? What, mm -hmm. what signs, again, does our body, mind, and or intuition give us? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that is a great question. And I think it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. For sure. Um, so I can really only speak to my own experience. Um, I feel like it's honestly tricky sometimes because the sort of, um, fluidity of any given state, I, like for me kind of gradually flows from one to the other. Um, and so kind of like the whole boiling a frog situation where I don't know why that analogy gets used so much. I feel like we need to come up with another one. Why do we want to boil a frog? I don't know. I feel <laughs> bad for that frog, honestly. Anyways. I would never boil a frog. Whole, Back to you. Briefly, the concept <laughs> is you put the frog in cold water, whatever, and or room temperature water, and then if you bring it to a boil, they won't jump out. And so you kind of... Because it happens so slowly. Right. They don't so, realize So you're not quite realizing late. it. And so that's, yeah. I feel like that is... There's a, there's a similar process for me where, mm -hmm. um, and we've even talked about this recently around needing literally some time to myself, literally yeah. to be in solitude so that I can have the space to sift through all of the input I've been gathering through yeah. experience or through thinking over the past however many hours. Without being perceived, right? Like no one around yeah, me. Yeah, that's, that's, me... that's a big part of it mm -hmm. to, to like truly sift, but yeah. also like just just let me just sit with all this and kind yeah. of digest it in a way yeah. that is just so important for me. Um, and I would love to continue doing a better job at being able to know, like predict when I might need that or even just yeah. build that into a regular schedule because it's easy for me to kind of be stubborn and just be like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. We went on this trip to Berkeley and then came back and immediately hung out with people. And then all of a sudden I kind of like hit a wall. Right. Yeah. And then that's, that's a bit jarring for you sometimes. And it's like, <laughs> I could have totally predicted that. Um, and so it really kind of comes for me. Um, sometimes it is, if you have a moment of being by yourself, yeah. if you've been going and going and going and then you literally just go to the restroom and then you sit down and you're, you're in this quiet space by yourself for a minute. And then it's like almost this part of you that is just, you can finally hear it. It's mm. just like, oh my gosh, like we need more of this. Yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, uh -oh. <laughs> I'm in the middle of this thing that I can't just walk away from necessarily or yeah. whatever, maybe you can. But um, so sometimes it kind of just shows itself when you have a little bit of quiet and then it can kind of speak up. Yeah. Um, I think too, it, it also, um, for me, like a, a sign that my, my body or mind will give me is, um, there's a sense of almost like a, a felt lack of presence or almost, almost something it, this, it's more of a, um, it feels more in my body, mm. although I kind of think about it in my head, but if I've been running into a wall, so to speak, whether I'm in my work, right? And I'm trying to think through like, how do I solve this problem? Or even if I've been in a space for long enough and for some reason my body's like, we just need to change up the environment to move on, um, which is a slightly different uh, context, I think. But there's really this felt sense of like, almost something that's like pulling me out of the seat that I'm in typically happens when I'm sitting down as though there's some sort of like my body's just like, we need to like get up. So there's like get a up, physical move. sensation that's like, yeah, like almost urging you to withdraw. Like, okay, it's time to step away now. It's like a physical feeling that yeah, you have in your yeah, body. Yeah. yeah that's it's, interesting. It, it, it definitely, um, it's a little abstract, but yeah, I feel there's, there's, um, almost like my ability to sit with whatever is in front of me has become very diminished. Yeah. I want to pause there because there's, there's two quick things I want to say that I love that you're, you're kind of speaking to that I want to address more directly because mm -hmm. I think that's your experience. But I, I think that, uh, well, all of our experiences of that will be different. Like how that shows up in the body 
the thing like th- that will be different. Yeah. But it does start in our body. Yeah. And I just want to pause and say that there are there's more communication. There's um, you know, our nervous system is a direct line of communication between our bodies and our minds and our, and our minds and our body our brains really and our body and our body and our brain. Right. There are more signals being sent from our body to our brain than from our brain to our body. So our body is the one who's there that is feeling that first. Mm-hmm. And I love you actually said that you were like, well, I'll feel it in my body and then I'll maybe think about it. Right. That's how it's happening. And yeah. so I think if we can in a way almost like train ourselves to be really finely tuned, like like really tune in to the sensations of the body mm-hmm. and notice what's going on and get more familiar with those signs from our body. I think that's the way to get ahead of it. Because by the time we're thinking, oh, I think I need space, our body has already been feeling it for a while. Yeah. So I think that what you're articulating is so powerful because if we can start to notice the sensations, the signs that come from our body, and get really familiar and close and friendly with that, those sensations, then we don't have to wait for it to be like, oh, damn, I need space to myself or I need rest <laughs> or I need, we don't have to wait yeah. until it escalates to the point where the, our brain is concerned about yeah, it. Your, 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 the, it's like your uh, gas meter in your car or the gas gauge. Yeah. Um, the, the light comes on and you're like, oh, wow, I, I could have got gas a little while ago. And now you're like, where's, right. the, where's the next gas station? And then you start to get into that. Oh, man, if you're on a road trip, you're like, it's, it, oh, gosh, my light yeah. came on and I've, I've got 20 miles to go until the next gas station. Like, I hope I make it. Oh, my gosh. Right? Don't do like, that to that's, yourself. That's, that's kind of what I feel like I kind of experience internally sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, totally. Of like, oh, wow, I need some alone time. Like, your yeah. light comes on. And then yeah. if you don't do anything about it, it's just going to there's sort of like an internal anxiety that you, that I experience. Yeah. Um, that, that just definitely just not me operating at my best. Yeah. 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 I totally, I totally feel that. So, so for you, you're saying uh, one sign that your body then gives you, I'm kind of circling back to what you're saying earlier, yeah. but one sign that your body gives you when you need rest or play or alone time, anything in that ca- like range um, is like a feeling of sort of like, almost like a physical withdrawing. Like there's this sense physically like I yeah. need to yeah. back away or walk away or step away. Like you're feeling mm-hmm. that in your physical body. Yeah. Are there any other signs that you that you feel in the body or in the mind that it's time to get some rest or play? Yeah, I feel this one, this one I think is, uh, I think it comes out in different uh, contexts, which is me when I kind of stare off. <laughs> or spacing out as we sometimes call it, but I feel like that has more of a connotation of dissociation, but just mm-hmm. staring off at something. Um, and I think that that is completely involuntary. Um, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a dissociative uh, thing that I do sometimes, but I feel like it's become less so these days or I become more conscious of that. Um, yeah. And I think... I don't know, maybe there's something there that I haven't I haven't quite uncovered yet, but I feel like sometimes, and we, we talked about this some time ago, um, sometimes it might be a sign, I'm not saying that it is, but it might be a sign that I need to sift through some stuff because when I get into that state, as I've, as I've said, it feels very relaxing. I can still pay attention, which is something I feel like I've kind of developed. Yeah. I can still listen, but there's something about almost as though my whole body kind of just relaxes for a minute and it feels so it feels nice yeah to just kind of have this sort of relaxed stare yeah um and so i don't i don't know i'd be curious to yeah. hear more about what's going on there but sometimes i've wondered if that is a sign that i need to create some more space intentionally to sift through whatever might be going mm. on um have you tried that yet? Like when you feel, um, so really, really quickly, I'll just paint a picture. Sometimes Brian and I will be like, I don't know, sitting at home kind of doing our own thing and I'll, I'll turn to talk to him and I'll realize he's like staring off without blinking, <laughs> like very focused, but like in a sort of hazy way, like very relaxed. And I've learned now that those moments, as you said, are very relaxing for you. They're like yeah. a, a little reset. 
So sometimes I'll turn to like, hey, Brian, I'll be like, never mind, take your time. <laughs> because I recognize, like, I'm like, oh, he's kind of in the zone, spacing out. Yeah. But when that happens, um, have you tried once you kind of, you, you have those zoned moments that last for, I don't know, 30 seconds? Yeah, two 30 minutes. seconds, two minutes, something like that. Yeah. Have you tried after, after you kind of come out of that, immediately stepping out of whatever you're doing to give yourself like, 30 minutes to just kind of space out and, and give that feeling some extra room. Have you played with that at all? I actually don't think so. It's a oh, good idea though. Sort of Not necessary, but yeah. I'm, I'm almost just curious. Like, yeah. cause you're just like, Oh, could this be a sign? Like, yeah. I wonder what that would be like to yeah. immediately be like, let me just go see what else is here. Yeah. Cause I love getting in that free associative state. I've actually learned this from Brian. I used to wonder for myself, like, how do I rest? Like, what does that even look like? I don't like baths. Right now we only have a stand-up shower anyway, but I do not like baths. I take one once a year and then I'm like, this is why I only take them once a year because I don't like them. Yeah. But um, I've, I've learned from Brian, um, my, my, one of my favorite forms of rest now is to play very chill music. Very, very, uh, yes. very chill, wordless music, like meditation music basically. And to just stare out the window. Like I'll lay on the couch and just stare out the window. Mm. Uh, or sometimes so I'll good. go on a walk and then I'll find a nice spot and I'll just sit and listen to music or just listen yeah. to the birds or whatever and, and zone out. And in that time, the, the, the thoughts that come up always surprise me. Mm. At first there's maybe like the to-do list or the things that I've been doing that day. Yeah. The more I stare off and just give space, the more random things come up that I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that little thing I, I didn't really resolve or there's this this piece that wow i haven't thought about that in years but it's just kind of but like that the free association Mm -hmm. mode kind Mm -hmm. of kicks on and that feels very restful to be in that space so i'm almost curious when you have those zone outs if if that's like a portal into more of that free associative space in a way just a hypothesis yeah it does I, i would say that my my experience of those intermittent moments of staring um I, I don't, I can't recall that those really being moments of me actively thinking there's probably some sort of thought going on, but ultimately it feels kind of just like everything is on pause for a brief second as though, as though I'm like catching up a cosmic breath or something. Um, mm, I like uh, that. Catching a cosmic yeah, breath. That's good. I've been running or hiking up something. I can catch my breath for a second, but almost like my body's mm. just like, let's just pause for a second. Yeah. And I can't even like. Again, there's probably some sort of thought going on, but it doesn't feel doesn't yeah. feel ruminative or even very active or, or yeah. like cognitive. Yeah. Um, it just kind of feels like. Yeah. Just a, a pause, and it's nice. Yeah. But yeah, that free association you talk about. I mean, for me, I, I just generally love creating the space for that, which is, I think, more of the sifting. Yeah. Kind of like a. I mean, it is a sort of meditation, I suppose. Um, yeah. Just like creating space for whatever comes up. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. That, that is very restful for me. Yeah. That's, that's one of my primary modes of resting. Yeah. Like, I guess more of a um, passive rest. I don't, I don't know if I would stand, just stand by the term. Yeah. Really, I'm just like literally watching the sunset is mm. one of my favorite oh. ways to rest. Yeah. And to like feel connected to something other than words and numbers and to-do lists and computer screens and yeah <laughs> people and, um yeah so so that's uh yeah. yeah it's a lovely lovely time for me to sift yeah i used to call brian when we first started dating sunset boy because he watched so many sunsets and now i watched a lot of sunsets so thank you for that i'm very yeah. grateful for that our pleasure um very much so our pleasure uh before i move on actually that's a great segue i kind of want to talk about the different types of rest and play because i think again when we think of self-care which is typically what we how we talk about rest culturally is like self-care we think about bubble baths or like face masks i guess that's very um sort of like feminine expressions not not gendered but more you know i don't know in that vein but before we get into all of that um unless you had any more i'd love to share how i like the signs that i get from my body and mind that I like just about I, to ask. oh my god we're on the same page this is great because i think that they're a little bit different for me yeah um i'm actually really inspired listening or hearing you talk about this feeling of pulling away i think i could i am personally trying to do a better job of um of fine-tuning my own awareness to my physical sensations that come up 
when I need rest. Um, cause I think a lot of it, I, I process mentally, but would love to move that up a, a notch and, and understand it in the body. But for me, one of the main signs that I need rest or play or space really, um, is <laughs> I'll just be honest. Please. Things just start to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm laughing and I think it is a little funny, but I guarantee people can relate to that. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's not even like a big thing. Like I'm not like so annoyed, but like um, people will talk to me. And I'll just kind of be like, oh my God, I want to hear what you have to say. But for some reason, I'm annoyed that we're talking right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. just being honest. Yeah. Or I'll be like annoyed um, with myself or like, uh, you know, even annoyed, like putting away the dishes and like the, the spoon misses the slot and it falls into the <laughs> dishwasher. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like everything just like gets a little extra irritating. Yeah. That to me is I'm like, oh, shoot, I need to rest. I need to unplug. I need to, for me, a lot of it is alone time. I'm very much so a like a, a an introverted recharger. Like I need space away from people yeah. and away from to-do lists to recoup. I think most of us actually, I think a lot of us really are that way. But um, yeah, so uh, a big sign that my mind gives me when I need rest or play is annoyance. Things just start to bother me. Yeah. Um, I would say that's that's probably my number one way. And I feel like I've gotten into a better relationship with that. For a while, I would just like things would just annoy me. And I'd kind of just be like, oh, I'm so annoyed. Like, why am I in such an annoyed mood? And now when I start to feel annoyed, um, I mean, even mildly, even in Brian and I's relationship, like even in our relationship, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we'll be talking and I'll not be annoyed, but just kind of like I find myself antsy, like or like ready to move on out yeah. of the conversation or yeah. something. And instead of just being letting that be my state and letting myself be annoyed or letting myself get frustrated or or even letting myself check out of a conversation and not really be present. Now when I feel those that like sign of annoyance or irritation or like, okay, I'm over this or ready to move on, that to me I'm immediately now like, oh, we need some space or we need some rest. At which point I will pretty quickly communicate to you like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm like really enjoying talking to you or hanging out, but I think I'm starting to feel that feel like I, I think mm -hmm. I need some rest or some alone time. Mm -hmm. um, so are you okay with maybe like, let's sort of like wrap up this conversation yeah. and, and have some alone time. Mm -hmm. Usually at which point, Brian is also like, oh my God, me too. <laughs> we both need a lot of alone time yeah. and, and, and time to ourselves to process. So um, yeah, I would say the other sign that my body gives me, um, this is less so now if I'm not listening to the early signs and I'm say like around a lot of people and I really need rest or alone time and I'm just like tuning that out and I'm not listening to my body, I will get a headache. Mm. And I feel like other people can probably relate to that too. I will get a headache. And in my early 20s and in my late teen years, mm. I was so out of touch with my intuition and so out of touch with my own needs um, that that headache for about two years straight would turn into a really bad migraine to the point where I would get really sick, um, like physically sick. And I was just like, why am I getting migraines all of the time? And then I realized like, oh, my body was trying to tell me, my mind was trying to tell me for a while, like not just that I needed rest or play, that was a little bit more, there's a lot more going on at that time in my life where yeah. the people that I was immediately around, I didn't feel like I, um, like I could really thrive around. And so I had to hide a lot of parts of myself. So that also contributed. But yeah, the physical expression, if I tune myself out and my need for rest out, my need for play out is a headache. Mm -hmm. I eventually, my body will be like a forcing function. If you're not going to listen to the fact that you need some rest, we're going to cause a physical reaction to bring a, bring you back into a homeostatic state of mm -hmm. restedness. Mm -hmm. Restedness. I like it. Is that a word? I don't think it so. It is now. It is now. Um, but um, yeah, I really, I, again, I think play and rest are so crucial. Um, even what I was just saying about coming back to that homeostatic state, when we get overworked or, or just in in need our body if we don't listen to those signs um of like annoyance as i mentioned or brian as you mentioned like oh my body is starting to want to pull away oh there's a physical sign mm -hmm. that i need rest or i need alone time or i need play if we don't listen to those things our bodies will uh 
kick into a gear that, that causes a forcing function, a headache, a stomach ache, fatigue. Ooh. That's like you have to rest to get back into that homeostatic state for our survival and for our thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if it gets to that point, our, our bodies will be like, you have to listen. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to kind of force you to listen by showing some physical sign that you have to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you, you just mentioned the stomach ache part and I, I guess I don't typically associate that as a signal for rest or play really. It's more about, uh, feeling anxious or some situation where I don't quite feel comfortable or safe. Yeah. Um, which has been interesting. I feel like my, my gut is more of my signaler in terms of the gut knows what's going on unless I drink a glass of milk on accident. Um, <laughs> distinguishing between uh, anxiety I... or dairy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's tricky to determine, but no, but that's true. So many of our sensors that are sending signals to the brain yeah. are, are in the gut. So I feel like that also just yeah. a lot of direct, yeah. like literal it's intuitive, but it's also like, yeah. Well, don't get me started. Intuition is also made up of <laughs> signals from the body, but anyway, yeah. that makes uh, a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, one thing, one thing that I actually wanted to kind of touch on, cause you were talking about a little bit earlier, um, or you referencing like a bubble bath or a face mask as sort of more feminine expressions of rest. Um, and not gendered, but yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When, when I guess just for, for the sake of this podcast and going forward, when we talk about feminine and masculine, it's not inherently a girl or a guy. And there's, I think, it's, this is it's, not about the binary. Yes, there's. There, I think it's about energy. As an as an individual person, right? I think we all embody feminine and masculine qualities, and I feel like the the true or pure forms of those need each other, need both to sort of fully Balance. express themselves. Yeah. All right. Sidebar. I'll probably still say that every time though, because I don't want it to That's, ever be confused yeah, for binary yeah. or, or gendered. Yeah. Thing, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> but so so to sort of. Um, from, from as a guy who has a lot of influence from cultural masculine expressions, which I don't think are the healthiest. Um, I, I feel like thinking about what does rest and play look like from a masculine perspective? I feel like we do not have a very good depiction of that. I feel like especially again, for, for sort of like a masculine expression, even the notion of like masculine being more of like a doer, like let's, let's get this done. And the feminine being more of like the heart and what kind of matters. And the being. Yeah. The being, <laughs> um, we, it's really easy for us to get caught up in the doing. Yeah. And a sense of rest or a sense of play is kind of lost on us. Um, I'll just deal with it. There's there's a there's a piece of yard machinery outside making <laughs> sounds that I don't enjoy. We'll see if so. that picks up. Um, <laughs> All good. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's really easy to get uh, caught up in like the doing. Yeah. And in any sense of rest or play, I think often is very intellectual for like a masculine expression. Not always, of course. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that happens a lot of the time. And I do think there are uh, intellectual elements of rest and play. I think reading a book is could be one nice way or even playing some sort of a board game or whatever game um, you you fancy can inherently be intellectual. But I, I guess I want to kind of touch on like mm. or just call out that I think, and this is not, tied specifically to a masculine expression of rest and play. But for me, who as a person spends a lot of time in their head, Mm -hmm. intellectualizing almost everything and analyzing Mm -hmm. lots of things. And you've been very gracious and kind to call it like, Hey, let's connect first before we (laughs) analyze. Um, For me, getting into the body is Mm. a fantastic way to both rest and play. Yes. Um, Yes, yes, Whether yes. that's like sort of rest being like a kind of like passive if I'm watching the sunset, I feel very, very active in feeling present to my environment yeah. and I'm not necessarily in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, honestly, the, I think one of the one of my favorite, favorite forms of play is snowboarding, <gasps> which ties back into what you're talking about yes. around going uh, like skating, where 
besides being in a lovely landscape so gorgeous you're as you're moving right you're 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 not really thinking too far ahead it's pretty much just where do i want to go in the next like 20 yards yeah and what what do i not want to hit do i want to hit that little bump do i not want to hit that tree <laughs> do i want to catch that fresh yeah, powder not hit that person or that yeah. person that looks like they might not be totally good. Like, there's there's a lot of this very active dynamic you don't have time to kind of overthink things and so yeah. it's just very embodied yes very in the moment yes and it it is just such a wonderful way to get out of the head yeah and i feel like for me that is a vital uh well i guess a a lovely expression of play that is vital for my well-being mm. um or at least that that kind of like state or that that mode that i get in right? yeah it doesn't have to be snowboarding but that is one way that i typically yeah really easily get into that state yeah um so yeah i feel i feel like to tie this back into the kind of like masculine uh expressions of play and rest i feel like it's it's just kind of sad honestly to think that we don't really have good expressions of that and thinking thinking about at least my experience growing up i feel like there's a sense of play being childish right so like grown men don't play mm. or like if you do it's like competition and again about the sort of like success or whatever yeah and rest if you're like resting you're lazy Oof. and Oof. I feel like the yeah. narrative the narrative around that is just so bad yeah and it kind of gets split into this polarity of either you're always going and never resting and yeah. like that's kind of what we worship in, yeah. in a lot of ways or yeah you're kind of on the other end of the spectrum and if you're not buying into that then you're just kind of lazy and childish which is a voice that i've Oof. had for a lot of my own life yeah um yeah so yeah it's there's there's a lot of work to be done both internally but also collectively yeah yeah oh i'm so glad that you called that out because i think that obviously that experience is is probably quite common for people who, you know, especially for uh, being raised as as boys in in our society and our culture, um, and obviously the the and in that way it is somewhat gendered, right? Like all of our experiences of yeah. it are different, but there there is a, a sort of norm for how, in a very sort of, I don't know, um, we could say traditional way that that young boys are raised the things that they are told and conversely right on the other side the way that young girls are raised um and so i love that you're calling that out specifically as it relates to the experience that a lot of a lot of boys and men experience mm -hmm. of um rest being lazy and play being childish mm -hmm. and laziness and childishness being um weaknesses yeah. to masculinity to your masculinity and i think that brian and i we, we would both agree um that's a, a sort of toxic unhealthy representation of yeah. masculinity but it is the it is such a um yeah such a cultural notion um at least in the way that i know we both kind of grew up with it mm -hmm. Um, so I love that you're calling that out. And I think honestly, this is kind of why I love, I get I get really um, into a lot of the neuroscience around play and rest. Yeah. Because um, while I intuitively know, like when I heard that podcast, my five-year-old was like, we already knew this. We already knew that play was important. Like, yeah. thank you for telling me, but we, I already knew that. Um, I mean that in an endearing way. There's something in my body that just was like, of course, of course rest and play are important. But I think that a lot of the, the neuroscience and understanding, okay, what's actually going on in our bodies, what's actually going on in our brains can be really helpful. In, and I'm curious if you agree in combating some of those cultural narratives around mm. rest and childishness or like laziness and childishness, which you could call rest and play being lazy and childish are like not, uh, like what, how, like what you should embody as like a man or like, or whatever, you know, yeah. when I, when I hear those narratives, I'm like, uh, if I were to hear someone say those beliefs, 
they're probably not going to listen to me being like, no, but play and rest is so good for you. It's so important. <laughs> but you know what they might listen to? Actually, what's going on in your brain is this. Yeah. And here's why it's actually important for your body. Like, I think that that science in a way is a, a sort of a healthy defense mechanism for mm -hmm. me to be like, actually, it is important. My mm -hmm. intuition already knows it. But for those who might not listen to my intuition, like to me on an intuitive <laughs> level, here's what the science says about yeah. it. Um, do you have a similar, do you, do you, does that make sense to you or resonate with your own experience of like clicking into like, oh, okay, the narrative might say this. But if we actually look at the science, I, it, it doesn't align. Yeah. I, I, I think, honestly, for me, what is a stronger force, which is kind of a uh, maybe a two-step process, one is hearing or coming across information that is either new or counter to what I might have believed or some sort yeah. of narrative that I have in my, my own being, my own head. Um, which is sort of a step. It's, it's sort of a, it's shining a little bit of light on like, maybe there is a different way, yeah. but sometimes it's really hard to believe that. Maybe you, yeah. you know, that voice itself is going to be like, that's no, nonsense, whatever. Yeah. But I feel like what is a, a key, I think, to exploring that, A, the ability to um, give it a little bit of space, right? I think this is this kind of, this is a whole separate conversation forever around like being open to a new idea yeah. or something that yeah. might go against what you believe, yeah. even if what you think you believe is good. But I feel like a lot of us might have the sense of, we become aware of some sort of narrative we have and we're like, oh my gosh, like this is not what I want going on yeah. in my head, right? When you kind of get to a point where like, yeah. stop it. Um, <laughs> and so you want to try something else. Like that's, yeah. that's a great way to become open to something else. But um, so, being open to something else and then having something to try and just for a moment, mm. let yourself yes. kind of, kind of believe like, what if that was the case? What if that was true? I love what, what if I could try that yes, out yes, yes. and, and letting that really be this sort of like moment of inertia where you go from zero to just, just barely moving. Right. Yeah. It's like that's, that is often like the hardest moment in sort of making any sort of change yeah. going from, going from zero to anything. Yeah. Um, and, and so true. when you do, when, when you get over that and then say, say you're like, okay, maybe rest is good. I'll try it out. But I also just want to like work all the time and whatever yeah. or play. Right. Yeah. And to really let yourself like not, not begrudgingly or in a forced way, like let yourself be present to that experience. And like then, just try it out. Yeah. Just say, hey, I might not love this. I might choose not to do it, but like, I'm just going to yeah. try it. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, With openness. and then looking back, and this is where it ties in for me is seeing, oh, wow, that really is like the whole like watching sunsets thing or mm. whatever it is, especially after, well, watching sunsets or, as I mentioned, snowboarding or any sort of trip where I get to step away from computer and routine yeah. and whatnot. And, be embodied and really be present to that. I feel like it's easy for us to take a vacation and not really be present to it. And then we come back and we feel the same that we did before for mm. the most part. But, yeah. um, and really, so really being able to see, okay, I tried that thing out and oh my goodness, if I l give myself some space to myself or whatever, whatever you need, um, you're then able to come back more fully to whatever mm. it is that's in front of you, the work that's in front of you mm. and, and really seeing like how that plays into supporting the whole thing. Right. Yeah. It's not just, yeah, we can't, yeah. we can't just, I, I feel like there's a lot of people, especially in the West would be like, Oh, if I didn't have to sleep, that would be great. I honestly used to think that some time ago. Um, I used to too, but I love sleeping. It's, is, is kind Delightful. of, a, it's, it's so lovely. And I think it's, um, kind of just like the whole life and death don't really exist without each other thing. Yeah. It's kind of like rest and work yeah. or play and work kind of yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah. It's like two flavors together that create something new and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love all of that so much. And I, I, I want to go back specifically to what you're saying around what if, like this notion of, we talk about this a lot, suspending, suspending belief for just a, for just a moment. Yeah. Um, Wait, is the phrase suspending belief or suspending disbelief? 
sinning distantly. I mean, I guess it's kind of both if you think about it, but I, you, I mean, whatever. You for get this my context, point. You we'll get say my disbelief. Point. If you're like, I don't want to believe that. Okay. I'm going to suspend that for a moment. Right. I don't. Ha- I, and I think that this is a beautiful process that we talk. Brian and I talk a lot about generally in the in the process of inner healing. There are a lot of different modalities to heal, a lot of different narratives, a lot of different philosophies or approaches or spiritualities. And to not hold on to any too tightly, but to just with open hands say like, what what if I just tried this one on? Like yeah. tried this thought on or tried out this different practice that I've never tried or tried listening to, I don't know, this person speak that I've never listened to. And I'm not sure about their vibe or if I jive with them, but what if I just was like, let me just suspend disbelief for a moment and just see what it sounds like to I think that's a that idea being able to say what if or suspend disbelief to just be open to an idea is so crucial across the board inner work but I love the way that you're specifically applying it to the notion of rest or play mm-hmm. and I feel like this is a really great like practical sort of takeaway if anyone listening wants to try this to say like okay I, I believe I, I get logically that rest might be important or that play might be important but like, I got ish to do. Like, there's so much that I need to do to uh, really, really invite anyone listening to to give that a try. To say, okay, maybe I don't want to give it the time. Maybe I don't feel like I have the time to give myself the rest or the play that I'm hearing might be beneficial. But like, what if I just tried it out? Mm-hmm. What if I suspended disbelief and just tried it out? And I like the second piece that you added to this of like, okay, try it out, and then step two, notice how rest and play impacts the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Notice how it impacts your work. Notice how it impacts you, the, you creatively. Notice mm-hmm. how it impacts your inner work process. Um, and a quick specific example, I noticed for myself about a year or so ago that um, I feel incredibly creative, like tapped into my creativity the morning after I've had a night to myself to mm-hmm. rest. Mm-hmm. I would wake up, I would take, I started taking like Friday nights, which I've never really been someone to go out. But when I find, when I like a while back, I was like on Friday night, I'm just going to like not hang out with anyone. I'm not going to like do anything. I'm just going to devote it to rest. I would wake up on Saturday morning and be like, oh my gosh, I have like three poems that are coming to my mind. And I have like, I want to work on this project and I want to do this. And like, it just felt like everything was possible. And I started to realize, oh, that is a direct result of me giving myself the rest that I really needed. So again, invite anyone listening to say, just what if, what if we just tried it, try out a new way of resting, a new way of playing. And, and then second to just observe, like, how does this impact my life? Like, mm-hmm. how does, what effect does rest, does play then have immediately on my work life, on my relationships or mm-hmm. on the way that I feel mm-hmm. creatively, that sort of thing. So just notice, just mm-hmm. invitation to just try it out and notice, notice what happens. Yeah. And I think, um, I feel like maybe you had, did you have a thought there that you wanted to jump I was in? just going to add in a cute yeah, little metaphor do. because I love metaphors. Brian loves metaphors. Hit um, us with a metaphor. What in case, got? in case any of that felt a little too abstract and people were like, I don't know, what does that look like? Ah. Um, maybe this will resonate with some people, maybe it won't, but, uh, I feel like it's, it will be a similar feeling. The whole, like, what if, or suspending disbelief, you get a new piece of clothing and you put it on mm. whatever it is. And at first you kind of like it, but you're also not sure about it. You're like, uh, every know. single thing I buy. <laughs> I feel a little weird, but like, I kind of like it. Like, I want to like it. Um, to just, it, it, that's going to be what it kind of feels like. And mm-hmm. just be like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm going to give it, give it an honest go. <laughs> and I'm gonna wear it around the apartment for a day. <laughs> I feel like if you do have that little inclination of like, I do kind of like it, but like, it feels new, it feels weird, it feels awkward. I don't know. You, you, you step, you take a step towards that. And as you do, Maybe not, probably not always. Sometimes you're like, this really isn't for me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of the time, it, that, that, that part that's like, it feels new, uncomfortable, weird, whatever, that starts to diminish. And like, you're like, oh my gosh, I really love this piece. Yes, whatever. yeah, um, totally. So, so just sort of think, of think of trying out some new idea or philosophy or practice. Yeah. It's like putting on a new piece of clothing for your, your being. Yeah. And like, oh, just try it out. I'll just try it out. Try it out. I love that. Um, thank you, Brian Littman, metaphor supplier. <laughs> Always no coming through with the metaphors. Yeah. Always I love in stock. It. Always in stock. <laughs> okay, I think we should wrap things up. I think this is, I, agree. I, I really love landing on something really practical to try. I think the last thing though that we should do is do like a little rapid fire back and forth. Let's list out our favorite ways to rest mm. and our favorite ways to play. Because I, I think that's like, again, um, 
the last thing I'll say about my whole, like I keep like dissing bubble baths. If you like baths, like take baths. Get that bubble bath. I think that for me, what I, I think that baths enable you to do nothing and they give you an excuse to do that. If I'm in the bath, that cat is categorized as some sort of self-care. So all of a sudden your brain can just kind of do whatever you you can check out. Mm -hmm. And so when I learned that I could do, I have that experience of like the bath on the couch, listening to music, staring out the window, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't need to take a bath. I can try Mm -hmm. this another way. And I say that to say, I think we need to talk more about what rest looks like for different people, what play looks like for different people. Because those very sort of atypical like ways like stereotypes that we see in movies of how people rest or do self-care don't always resonate with people they didn't resonate with me so i love it let's start with rest i'll let you go first what are your like top three or more favorite ways to rest um and i really hope our microphones aren't picking up the weed whacker in the background yeah i (laughs) i i really like listening to wood chippers and leaf blowers just like give me some good headphones first thing in the morning it's just like it's so refreshing it's like nine o'clock grinding just yeah loud anyways um okay so that aside we'll wrap this up yes favorite Um, ways to rest to rest um listening to music is a great one yes um depending on the mood of course uh, obviously, I've already mentioned this a number of times. Watching the sunset. Can't be said enough. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I mean, even just going on a walk, that kind of, yeah, I guess yeah. it's more rest than not, not really play, but some something that is a little more embodied or like a hike. It really, honestly, a very simple thing that I feel like applies to most people is being in nature. Yeah. Like, which could even be your neighborhood. Yeah. Especially when it's spring, right? And the trees are oh. all dead. If you, if you spring don't right now as we're recording with, this. Um, yeah, coniferous trees. But yeah, um, yeah, just like simple movement and being present to what's around me. Yeah. Um, that generally does it. I feel like, yeah, getting outside of a building yeah. is so helpful to, yeah. to create a, a space for entering into rest. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have more, great. But if not, that those were solid three answers. Yeah, yeah, we'll stop there. Three solid answers. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to ask to play next, but I'll share my my Done. favorite yes. ways to rest. Um, my favorite ways to rest. I already mentioned this as well. Um, listening to very chill, like ambient music, and mm. staring out the window. Mm. Love. Um, I also love watching sunsets. I always love watching sunsets. My my family used to, my dad still loves to do this, drive up into the hills near our place, like just any any road that will get us up above, I don't know, the, the tree line mm-hmm. to go watch the sunset. But I do have Brian to think because in the last three years I have watched at least a hundred more sunsets than I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three, um, my third way that I would say that I love to rest um, is is meditating. But not. I have my regular yeah. morning meditation practice, but like when I need some extra rest um, and I'm having alone time, like sometimes Brian and I will give each other an evening alone and I will kind of rearrange the living room a little bit, um, light some incense, get the, get the lighting right, yeah. play a little bit of that ambient music and really just use meditation less as like a morning daily ritual and just like a really like let me sink in and rest and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. So those are those I would say are my three ways, mm-hmm. um, my three, my top three ways. Although I want to say walking too. Yeah. Oops, four. Okay, what about play? Uh, Let's go Catan style and you do play and then I'll do play after Okay. I will will also add a brief caveat though, or not really caveat, but like an added number four or even doing doing the things that we mentioned for rest. Again, just alone time, being alone. Being alone. And not necessarily like, oh, I'm working or whatever. Just doing those things where you can be with yourself is, is... yeah. Super helpful. But anyways. Yeah. I love it. Okay. My my top favorite ways to play, and again, this will be different for everyone, but um, for me, play. I love playing with my niece and nephews. Uh, yes. um, they are ages like one-year-old. There's like a yeah. four-year-old and there's a six-year-old. And um, if you have <laughs> – this sounds so weird. I always said if you have access to children <laughs> – it's a weird way to say that. If you have younger siblings, nieces or nephews, friends with little kids, spending time with kids, like kids know how to play. And that sounds so obvious, but being around them, I get lost. I think that my family thinks that I'm just like 
generally playful all the time because they only see me around my <laughs> niece and nephews. But when I get with them, getting on you the ground, running, the time. I am very playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, playing with little kids, just like being around yeah. them is such a great way to play. Um, two, I love skating. Specifically, we have these little, um, they're like long boards, but they're like the size of a skateboard. Yeah. So they're a little smaller. Cruiser board. Cruiser board. I love listening to some music like give me a, a music that makes it's, it feel like I'm in a movie like a like soundtrack main character vibes mm-hmm. um, and going and skating or ambient music or sometimes just listening to the birds with skating so much fun and three I would say uh, my third way I want to say snowboarding also Brian also got me to snowboarding and this last season I like finally like r- it really clicked and I yeah. just was cr- it was so fun um but I'm also, I'm going to say it fourth, acro yoga. Yeah. We haven't done it a lot recently. Yeah. But every once in a while, Brian and I will do some acro. And it is just so fun to be embodied, to be connected with another person, to play. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels really playful and fun. And yeah. we end up falling a lot and laughing a lot. And it's just, it's just good, 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 clean fun. Good, just some good, clean fun. <laughs> good, clean, family-friendly fun. Um, yeah, those are some of my favorite ways. There's yeah. a lot more that I could say. Yeah. Those are my top. What about you? Yeah, uh... Well, one thing that came to mind as you were talking about, like playing with with uh, your niece and nephew, which this nephews. is still nephews. Sorry, oh, I can't le- I can't leave out that's either true. my nephews. That's true. Anyway, keep going. I love them um, both. Love uh, you, Ty. I love you most. <laughs> love you, Leo. Okay. Case, <laughs> They're case, not listening to this podcast. Listening, your, your five-year-old nephew is listening to a podcast. He'd uh, um, be so cute with headphones on. Oh my gosh, it <laughs> really sounds great. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Back to um, you. I, I do not currently have a dog, but I previously lived with one of my Aww. best friends who had a dog that I absolutely adore. Um, but yeah, going for walks with his name's Grubs or just Grubs. like wrestling or, you know, going to the park or something. I feel like that is a lovely form of play, which is, I mean, the whole like pets of the new kids for millennials trope. <laughs> but um, there is there is like a sense of like, OK, I'm like yeah. I'm interacting with this. Yeah. This being yeah and having that sense of play which is yeah. which is really enjoyable and mm-hmm. i'd like to incorporate that more in my life so maybe i'll be getting a dog soon by um, the end of this year it's happening 2022 it. um yes uh yeah i mean we've already kind of mentioned a few like snowboarding mm-hmm. um which admittedly depending on where you live and all things considered is is has a has kind of like a, a high barrier of entry um the skill, the time, the money, like getting out to mountains, right? It is kind of a, a luxury a of sorts, but yeah. um, so I'm grateful for having had the experience to go do that. Yeah, and the access and yeah. the privilege in a way. Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely, you have to really I'm glad you want called that to. out. It's, it's, yeah. it's um, yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously not going to be for everybody, but anyways, um but yeah, I mean, obviously, like skating is is another one that I don't really do as much anymore. I, I for context, skated a lot kind of growing up and have sort of um, don't do it as much these days. It also is where I've uh, collected most of my injuries. So <laughs> Brian has. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shine the spotlight on you for a second. Brian has some great skis. You mm-hmm. are graceful. On I had to board. work on that. I was so lanky as a kid. I'm still kind of lanky, but tall boy. You know, yeah. gotta lean into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, so that's, that's one that's still fun mm. to kind of like cruise and groove and find, find a, a safe limit where I don't feel like I'm going to risk hurting myself because I've got things to do. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, honestly, even like, I, I feel, I feel like this one's a, an interesting form of play that's maybe less embodied, which is, I think a good option is honestly just hanging out with friends and talking about whatever. Usually for me, it's going to be some sort of like philosophy or intellectual thing that doesn't have to be heavy, but really just even like out there, where's humanity going? Like what's this trajectory we're on and kind of looking at the past and without attaching to sort of like opinion or idea, just like getting lost in the experience of being human and and like getting to experience existence, like to just, freely explore yeah why this is happening and and just kind of it's kind of it, it instills a similar feeling i get whenever i like look at the stars mm. and you're kind of just like wow this somehow makes perfect sense and no sense at all <laughs> um and so just getting <laughs> to explore that is, is so fun just sort yeah. of like uh, just doing some like 
Yeah. I don't know. I love that. Swimming around in existential floatiness. Ex- swimming around in existential floatiness. Yeah. That's the name of our of your next podcast. <laughs> um, I love that. And I, I actually am glad that you called out a type of intellectual play. Yeah. How can I yeah. engage in this in this conversation in a way that isn't rigid, isn't clinging, isn't opinion-based, is just really open and yeah. flexible, um, is a kind of intellectual play for sure. Yeah. So I love that you called that out. Obviously, anyway. yeah. I feel like there's there's so many others like that we haven't mentioned that will resonate for people. I would love to hear honestly what yes. what anyone does. Like I feel like gardening and cooking are probably two big ones that people oh. are very embodied, very creative and connected. Yeah. Um, and so like or whatever else, like whether it's like writing poetry or painting, you know, like oh. just hundreds of these other lovely ways to kind of express and play and rest. And so Yeah. I won't yeah. say who, but yeah. we recently held we recently hosted a meditation. And oh, conversation, yes. <laughs> and someone who comes regularly to that, you'll know who you are if you're listening, was painting while we did it. And I was like, oh my God, are you painting right That's now? Great. And it was so, yeah. it was so lovely. Yeah. I, it made me want to buy yeah. some paint. So you're right. There are a lot of other ways. If anybody has their own ways, I would love, I would genuinely love to hear. Cause I think the more we can hear like, oh, that's how you rest. Oh, that's how you play. The more we can help each other expand our ideas of what that looks like and actually connect with something that feels good and that mm-hmm. helps us restore. And that generally, um, helps sustain us on this path of inner work and inner healing. So it's so worth it. And um, I hope that anyone listening is encouraged to get out there and play. Yes. And get out there and rest. Get out there and rest anyway. Um, Yeah. 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 Well. I think that about does it for today. Yeah. Enjoy some rest. Enjoy some play. And um, thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. And if you want to check out our weekly meditations and conversations we host a small group on sundays um join us and you can check out more about that on do you have dot space or do you have space.com yeah all are welcome anytime Mm -hmm. so hope to catch you there either way wishing you um, a lovely rest of your day and much love to you take care take care